Praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Praise God, I hope all is well with your soul and that you're ready for another wonderful day to uh, receive the Word of God. Amen, amen. Let us prepare by going into prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again so much for this time that we've had to gather here with you like this today, O oh Lord God. This time that we have is so special to us, Lord, and we look forward to be touched by your precious Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. Minister to us in your own special way. Look into each of our hearts, O oh Lord God, and give us what we need, especially in this time, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Well, we have another Thanksgiving season upon us, and I can't believe how quickly the year has gone. Amen. And here we are right away, again, knocking on the doors of Thanksgiving. And uh, um, I pray that you all have, have a blessed and, and a happy, very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, and, and everything that's going on around us and so forth, uh, we still have to remember that God is indeed in charge. And we need to give thanks not only on Thanksgiving Day, but we need to give thanksgiving to God all of the time, every single day of the year. Amen. Uh, it's it nice that we have one special time of the year that we honor God and bring thanks and so forth based on history and so on. But the most important thing in our hearts is that we remember to thank him at all times. Okay, And that is especially so important today because we know that the world is changing. The world around us is indeed changing. Times are changing. Things that are being done uh, are, are, are changing so rapidly. Uh, we've said a dozen times, and you've probably heard others say the same thing, that those things that were considered to be wrong and now considered to be right, and those things that were always right um, is considered today to be wrong. Um, as a result of that, we see our lives changing. Uh, there's, there's more challenges entering into our lives. Uh, people are behaving in strange ways. Amen. We see people behaving in strange ways. The issues of life are not the usual issues of life. You know, we could pretty much wake up every day or week to week and month to month, year to year, and pretty much have in our minds, you know, you know, what is the world about? What is the country about? What is the community about? We see so many different things happening uh, in, this, in this day and age. You know, the issues of life have become more complex. Uh, they've gotten more involved. Um, there, there are more moving parts, it seems, to life, where at one time it was so simple and so, so easy, you know, uh, especially, you, you know, I, I was... Um, I came up in the 60s and the 70s there and in my uh, teen years and early 20s and things were a whole lot, whole lot different back then even, even though we had some turbulent times. But things today are even, are, are even uh, far different from, from the way it was back in the, in the 70s, 60s and 70s. Today we have this political correctness thing that we're wrestling with, you know, and, and, and this cancel culture. You know, things are being deemed to be uh, 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 unworthy or shouldn't be seen, shouldn't be shown, you know, whereas at one time it was nothing at all to be thought of, you know. We've got this cancel culture where you've got to be so careful what you say and when you say it, you know, and, uh, uh, and the political correctness and everything. You've got the political correctness police, the PC police uh, um, that's out there, you know, almost like they're picking and looking for things to seize upon uh, just to make life more and more, more challenging to us and everything. And for us children of God, uh, it, it shouldn't be any different. But they are indeed putting pressure on us Christians, us conservatives, and so on. You know, and it just seems like the devil is indeed running rampant. You know, he's running rampant in this day and age. Uh, 
Uh, it almost seems like he's out of control, out of man's control. I mean, obviously we know that that the uh, devil is not out of God's control because God is still very much in charge, you know. And, and also, I, I don't care what side of the political aisle that you're on, there was, are you, that you're on. I don't care where you stand politically. But there was a time that you could disagree, you know. You could disagree. You could disagree politically. I remember sitting around and having deep polit uh, uh, political conversations and discussions, and then afterwards we went out to eat, to dinner, or whatever it was, and life just went on. We still remained friends, okay? But today, it seems like, again, I don't care what side of political aisle that you're on, okay? I'm not making a political statement here because these messages are about God and how God interacts in our lives, how God even interacts to our lives when it comes to a political situation. But it seems like today our um, uh, political opinion has become so so personal. Uh, if you don't agree with the other side, again, I don't care what side you're on, if you don't agree with the other side, then all of a sudden you are a bad person, that you just need to go off in a corner someplace and die. you know. And, and then that's a shame because that is not the way that God intended it to be. Amen. So with all of these changes going on, 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 on in this world today, uh, all of us, and I'm sure many of you listening, have, have asked and pondered the, the question, what is the cause? You know, what is the cause of what is going on in today's world, in my community? You know, uh, unfortunately, I've actually heard stories where some family members have stopped speaking. You know, because they chose one side or the other in terms of their uh, philosophical belief or even that, for that matter, in terms of their Christian belief, you know. And as far as a Christian belief is concerned, there should be one belief, and that is God. Okay, God. Okay, okay, all right. You, you know, we may, we may differ on some things with doctrine or music or whatever, but the bottom line is that we should all believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Jesus Christ is our Savior. And as such, that should be enough to pull us all together to move forth in one direction. But I even see discrepancies and I see schisms within the church, the body of Christ, and that should not be. That means that there are some fundamental basic things that we as Christians need to start looking at again, that we as Christians need to start embracing, you know. And again, what is the cause? Is this the question, you know. Now, I've, I've heard sociologists, I've heard psychologists, I've heard politicians and so forth attempt to explain what is going on with the changes in this country and in the world. And they can't explain it. The Bible can. All right? Politicians, you know, philosophers, or, uh, sociologists, psychologists, they can give you their thoughts and whatnot, but that's all based on man's opinion. All right? They'll start telling you about the, uh, about the economic uh, status of certain people that live in the country, maybe in, in your community. They'll start saying why it is that they don't have, why it is that they deserve to have so-and-so and so-and-so, why they are entitled to have so-and-so and so-and-so, okay? But the bottom line is that we know that the Bible has the answers to the cause. God knows the reasons. And if you are a child of God, I'm sure the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, and you can see exactly what's going on out there also. Okay, so it's not a philosophical difference, it's not a socioeconomic discussion at all. There are some fundamental truths dealing with God here that are, are, are that have just fallen by the wayside. Okay, and we need to revisit what those truths what those truths are. Okay, in order for us to stave off the the major changes and the negative influences that are in our lives, again we have to understand what is going on and 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 how to counter these negative influences. Okay. All right. God has the answer for everything that we see out there. So don't listen to the newspapers and all of these other, you know, pundits and so on like that that's trying to tell you what the root cause of conditions are. Okay. 
is fundamental and it goes right back to God. Okay. Man has tried to govern himself, okay, for a very long time, for millennia. Before Jesus came, man tried to govern himself absent God, without God. Okay, this goes back to the pagans, to the pagan nations, the civilizations, you know, all the Hittites, Jebusites, and Perizzites. I mean, all of those, all throughout Old Testament, it, it, it shows you where they established rules that they thought would help them to govern their societies absent God, absent the one true God. Okay, and we see that they were not successful. Jesus came along approximately 2,000 years ago. Man was still trying to govern himself, and Jesus came in with the way. Jesus came in with the truth. Jesus went to the cross and made a way for mankind to, to be saved in his name. Salvation, you know, in his name. Coming to the Father through him. Okay? This is where the answers lie. Not in man's uh, uh, fantasies, you know, or getting caught up in thinking that he has the answer, you know, to what's going on. Okay? So again, in order for us to stave off these major changes and negative influences in our lives, we have to understand, okay, uh, uh, how to counter, counter these influences. So let's start off by going to Romans 1, the book of Romans. Praise the living God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. We go to the book of Romans, and we want to start with Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse number, verse number 16. Romans 1, verse number 16. For I am not ashamed, I am not ashamed of the gospel, so that you, uh, so that to you that are in Rome also, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to everyone that believes, that believes, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, so it is written, the just shall live by faith, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things, invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead hit, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Underline that, please, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, neither were thankful, okay? They knew God, but they did not glorify him as God, and they were not thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, right? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to uncorrupt, unto corruptible man and to birds and to uh, four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie 
changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Who is blessed forever. Amen. Okay. Because they did not glorify God or give thanks, God gave them over to a sinful nature. God gave them over to just go on. You want to do your thing, then you can just go on and, and you can do your thing. It says that it says here that are, um, are, um, in verse number 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Okay. Because of the fact they were wise in their own vanity, they were wise in that they think they thought that they knew even better than God what was best for mankind, what was best for civilization. They thought that they knew what was best for the people in your community. They feel that they know what is best for the people in this nation, in the in the world. But without God, it is pure vanity. All right, it it, it, it says that uh, in verse twenty one again, because that when they knew when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. People refuse to acknowledge the fact that God is God. All right? People are aware of the fact that God exists. Even the heathen knows that God exists. He won't say so. He tries to write it off and talk it, talk out of it some other way. Okay? But even the heathen, you know, when they're in an accident, and there's quite a few of them that cry out, Oh, God, help me, when they think they're going to die. Oh, God, help me. All right? So, so they know that there's God. But, but to glorify him and acknowledge him as God, they won't do because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. How many people today are really thankful to God? Okay. Unfortunately, especially those, now I'm not saying all, but especially many of those that are in the powerful places in government, how many of them will, are thankful to God and will even acknowledge that God is God and glorify him? Instead, they become smart and wise in themselves. Okay, it's a, it's a practice in, in, in sheer vanity. Okay, they won't acknowledge that God is, and, and, and neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Okay, took so the incorruptible God, our loving Father, our, 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 our all-powerful God, our glorious God, took him and just changed him into things that were man-made, okay? You know, worshiping trees, worshiping beasts, uh, worshiping birds, anything that you can think of besides working, worshiping the one true God, almighty God, okay? So this is how they refuse to glorify God. They want to take it and change God into all sorts of other things that they think that they can identify with. Okay, and before because of that, verse twenty-four says God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. Right. So many people today that do not know God, have not given themselves to Jesus Christ, will twist and pervert the word of God, twist and pervert what God is really all about into a lie. Okay, and it says they're twisted into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, worshiping and serving the creature more than the creator. The creature is, is the earth. The creature is the other things that God created, worshiping those things more than God. Okay, now I'm not getting into a climate change statement here and all that stuff. Okay, but what I'm saying to you is that we cannot worry about this planet, the creature, more than we can about God, who is the creator. 
Okay, alrighty. And all of these things that you hear about, again, I'm not getting political. I'm not talking about climate change, the validity of it or not of it or whatever. What I'm saying to you is that when so much focus is put on the creature, God's creation, more than the creator, God himself, this is when we run into trouble. And this is what is happening now. There's so much fuss and talk about the, the creature, about, about things that, about things and, and whatnot, uh, rather than of God. Okay? Okay? We put four-footed beasts and trees and other things more important than man, more important than, than even us. Not to mention that we put that, those things as more important than God himself. You see? This is where the problem is stemming from. Okay, man has gotten away from God. Man has forgotten about honoring God. Man has forgotten about uh, about getting down and giving giving unparalleled worship and thanksgiving to God. Okay, because they did not glorify God or give thanks, God gave them over to a sinful sinful nature. Okay, it's because the current condition of society and mankind that we need to turn to unbridled, deep praise and worship of God. That's what is what is going to save us. You look at the riots in the street. You look at the senseless things that are going on. You look at the shutdowns and the closures and everything that's going on all around holiday season. Many people I talk to, Christian and non-Christian, are saying they've had enough. They're like throwing their hands up in the air. Now, whether you agree or disagree, you know, I, I, I mean, sickness is, is sickness. We need to use some wisdom and some common sense in protecting ourselves and keeping ourselves sanitized and so on. We need to use some, some wisdom. But, the, but this un, un, unprecedented fear that we have going on today is not of God. It is not of God. Okay? This fear that is being instilled into the population is coming from a lot of vain minds who are puffed up in themselves thinking that they know better than God. Okay, And they go forth and start making decisions. But we as children of God, we have to remember that we need to be thankful to God at all times and to get back into the mode of praising him and worshiping him. Amen? Amen? Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Go to the book of Hebrews. Thank you, Lord. Go to the book of Hebrews here. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, and we want to go to verse number 5. Hebrews 13, verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content. Be content with such things as we have, as we have. for he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Okay, remember that first of all. God has said he'll never leave you, nor will he forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Verse 6 again. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Okay? So that's one of the things we have to remember also, that we are not to be afraid of man. God is our helper. God is our source. Source. Okay? And the problem is that so many men, men that is trying to govern us, many of them are governing outside of God. They're governing without the input of God. They're governing without, um, uh, without, without in, in, any, any thought about God, about are these decisions that I'm making, is this something that God would want me to do for these people? Okay? 
God has let me be in charge of these people. God has let me hold an office over these people. Okay, what shall I? What should I do? Okay, and that's something else that we must remember. Also, also, uh, saints of God, is that God is in charge. And whatever elected officials are in place in your particular community, in your state, in your country, okay, God has permitted them to be there for his reasons. God has permitted them to be there, okay? Now, it, it could, from our perspective, it is, it is a lousy choice. A lot of the things that they're doing are not helping the people. But if God permitted that person to be there, God is holding them accountable. God is and will hold them accountable. Okay, so while they may think they're doing all of the right thing, and of course they're not praying to God, evidently from what is happening in society around us, they're not praying to God, God will indeed hold them accountable. Okay, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, and the battle is the Lord's. All we need to do as Christians, as his children, is to remember to praise him, remember to worship him, remember to thank him for all that he's done in our lives. Remember, remember to, to give our, our, our boy our unbridled thanks and praise and worship to him for, for bringing us through all of the things that he's brought us through, knowing that he will indeed bring us through again. Knowing that he will indeed bring us through again. There's craziness around us. There's craziness outside. There's craziness going on. And you look and you say, gee whiz, how can people get away with doing that? They're not getting away with from God. They're not getting away with it with God. Believe me. Believe me, according to the word of God, God knows exactly what's going on. Okay, all right. But, but, we, but the, the point I want to point to here is verse number six again. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Don't be afraid of the things that talk about lockdowns. And don't be afraid of the things about this and the things about that. And all of these bad things that, happening, that are happening. There are people out there that the devil is using to do nothing but prophesy gloom and doom. There are people out there that the devil is using to just want to bring everyone down, even for us Christians, to make us think that we have no hope. And we do have hope. We do always have hope in Christ Jesus. All right. So don't let those, the, the, those are, um, you, you, you know, the, the, that, I shouldn't even call it prophesying, but those prognostications about what's going to be happening uh, in, in the winter. Okay. Going to be a dark winter or whatever that expression is that they're throwing out there. With God, there is no darkness. There's no darkness. There's no darkness. There won't be a dark winter. We are children of God being encouraged by the fact that God is there and that God will carry us through for this Thanksgiving season into Christmas and into the new year. And however God permits this thing to continue on, he's in charge. No matter how long it goes, if Jesus continues to tarry, then things will go on and God will indeed carry us. Okay, so don't let these predictions about a dark winter and this happening and all of this bad stuff, because all that is is the devil himself wanting to dump nothing but bad news and to steal our hope. All right. To steal our hope. They want to get us to a place where we are so totally hopeless. They, 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 they virtually have shut down the church almost. You know, we've got podcasts going. We've got these sermons. Where other ministers and churches are doing the same thing. Some are able to meet. On a very, very limited uh, manner, you know, you know, again, in this particular state, they've cut down the number of people that can attend in person and whatnot. And then another state said that they don't want any singing. There'll be no choirs, no musicians. They don't want any music, okay, to be played, right? Okay? See, see, see and the interesting thing is that, you know, the devil knows how important praise music is to God. How praise and worship is a, is a part of our worshiping and our praising God. 
But if they could shut that down so that we can't even sing in church, you and I can't sing in church, forget about having a choir or a small en ensemble, as one particular governor wrote, you know, no small ensembles in churches, okay? They want you to just do nothing. You see, you see, see the thing is, is that what's happening is, is that if they take God away from us, which they can't do, but if they were successful in taking God away from us, taking God out of your life, taking God out of my life, forbidding me and you and us to speak about God, and if they could even pray about God, the whole thing is that if they remove God, they've taken God out of, out, out of many things, the things that, that are written, okay? God has been taken out, okay? If, if, they, if they can eliminate God out of the picture, then who else do we have to rely on? Them. Okay? If God is out of the picture, the only ones that, then that we can rely on is them, or the government, or some other body of men that are over us. So therefore, God, God, God poses a very, very great threat for those that are in the governing class, quote-unquote. You see? Okay? All right. Now, I'm not speaking anti-government government at all. Not at all. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a government at all. What I'm saying to you is that where we have gone to is, 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 is government that is absent God, okay? The Bible speaks quite a bit on government, okay? The beginnings of government, the beginnings of the original org chart, if you will, started with Moses when he was trying to judge the people, all right? And his father-in-law, you know, sat him down on the rock there and said, you know, put up under you 10 men and under them 10 men, 100 men, and so on down the line. This is where the organization chart developed, okay? So God is very much for organization and government. But the thing is that God's intention and God's desire is for government to be still governed by God. Because then the men and women that are in powerful positions, the men and women who God has permitted to be there, then will be led by Holy Spirit and guided by Holy Spirit. And then the people that are under them will indeed prosper. Okay? There won't be so much going on like it is today. And you can feel it. I know you can feel it deep within your spirit that something is wrong. People I speak to, Christian and non-Christian, again, they're saying, this is it. I've had enough. So what do we need to do? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We have to get back to the deep spiritual things of God. We have to get back to praise and worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have, to, we have to get back to the things that God holds so close to his heart. Man is making up the rules and he's trying to change the way we live and the way we worship, as I said. Man is trying to define what is right and what is wrong. Okay. Again, what is said to be right now is considered to be wrong. Those things that we always thought were wrong are now considered to be right. This is the way to go. Okay, it is time that we as a nation and as God's children get back to praising and glorifying God. I can't say that enough. Okay, and, and, and how do we glorify God? How do we glorify God? To glorify God is to hold God in high esteem, to praise Him, to be thankful to Him. Okay, did someone, did someone ever do a tremendous uh, uh, favor for you? Did someone ever bail you out of a particular, you know, particularly sticky situation and you would, and how did you respond to that person? Okay. What did you do for that person? You gave them thanks. Okay. You thanked them. Okay. If anybody asked you about that person or how you got out of that situation or exactly what happened, you may talk about that person in terms of praising that person. 
Boy, he is such a wonderful person. She did this. She's such a great person. Boy, oh boy, everyone else was just turning their backs and she came through and she helped me. My gosh, boy, I am so thankful for her. Boy, she's such a one. And you, in essence, are praising that person. Okay? Okay? Well, we can praise people for doing things. We can even praise our boss for giving us a much needed raise. What we need to do is though we need to glorify and magnify and God and, and, and praise God for what he's done in our lives. Okay? All right? We can praise other people for things. Why don't we praise God for things? Okay? Okay. We can't let ourselves get caught up like we were just reading here, you know, because we weren't thankful to God that God gave us up. Okay? You don't want to you don't want to be in that particular situation. All right. If we magnify and glorify other things, like in verse 25 there, you know, the, the, the creature, people, things, and so on, you're diminishing God in your life. If you put this planet to be more important than God, you're diminishing God. You're saying that this planet is more important than God. The planet is up here and God is down here. Okay? Right. Anything that you lift above God, anything that you glorify, that you put up above God, you're glorifying that thing and you're forgetting about God. You see, and this is where we've kind of gotten that in a society, as a society. We've placed so much effort on things, on what we as, as humans uh, are proposed to be right and the right thing to do. All right? Okay? The homeless situation. Everyone talks about it in every jurisdiction, every community, city, state. Everyone talks about the human, the homeless situation. But how much is really, really being done in a prayerful ma manner? Okay, The people that are up there in positions to do something about it, how many of them are using a godly approach to figuring out how, how they, can, they can handle these populations? My heart goes out every time I see them. We as a ministry, we give uh, to, to the poor and, you know, we give to missions and things like that. But still, there is more that needs to be done that can be done uh, uh, at the community, at the state level, at the federal level, for that matter. All right. There are places around that could, with, with, with some thought and some planning, could, could house these people. Okay. Not to mention, of course, continued concerted prayer of us children of God. And as the Holy Spirit so guides to, for, for you to, to give... To give monetarily, if that's if you can, or, 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 or of your time, if you can. But pray about it. Okay. God is at the center of all of this. And we got to get back to praising him and to being thankful to him for everything that is going on. Okay. All right. There are so many scriptures in the word of God on praise that you could look at. And, and I'm telling you, that's, that, that is at the key right now. All right. You cannot focus on your problems if you are focusing on praising and giving thanks to God. Okay. If you're spending time praising and giving thanks to God, you cannot focus on your problems. You will not focus on your problems. Okay? Because in the first place, you, you know, the enemy cannot be where praise is going on. The enemy cannot be where you're praising and worshiping God and you enjoying his presence. The enemy can't stay there. Okay? Therefore, your problem or thoughts of your problem will diminish. They will go away. And also during that praise and worship time that you're spending with God, that's when Holy Spirit will speak to you. That's when Holy Spirit will speak to you and give you the answer to that particular problem. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you something else too. Many times when you're praising and worshiping and when you're in deep prayer with God, you may not get the direct answer to that problem or that situation that's going on in your life. But God will give you the peace. 
During that praise and worship time, when your hands are up and maybe you've got some praise and worship music playing behind you or maybe you've got your, your earphones on with some praise and worship music playing on your phone or your iPod or whatever, you know, if God does not give you the specific answer right then, you will get peace. God inhabits the praises of his people. You will get peace. So, 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 so in the midst of that storm in your life, don't start getting all uptight and getting in knots and wondering, oh Lord, what am I going to do? Where you're walking the floor back and forth and you're panting and you and you don't know what. You start praising God. Throw those hands up and start praising God. Praise God for his goodness. Okay. And it's not so hard for you to praise God. You stop and think back what God has done for you before. Every us, as I always say, every one of us has a life story. Think back to what God has done to you for you in the past. We've all been there before. If you're a child of God, you have a past, and boy, you've had times that you struggled with, that you wrestled with, and God bailed you out. God came through. Think on those things and thank him again for bailing you out of that situation and praise him and thank him going forward because, Lord, I praise you because I know in the name of Jesus that you will bring me through again. You're my ever-loving Father, and Lord God, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you even for loving me so much, Heavenly Father, that you gave your only begotten Son, Lord Jesus Christ, to save me from my sin, to give me salvation. Lord, I praise you, and I thank you for that. The fact that you, you have a heartbeat in your chest, the fact that you're breathing in, okay? Right? And that, that heartbeat in your chest and that breath is done automatically. God has thought of everything. You don't have to sit there and go, breathe one. Two, breathe one, two, breathe one, two, you know, or heartbeat one, two, heartbeat. God has, God has loved you so much that he created you such a, such, such a, 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 a magnificent physical uh, uh, example of, of, of his workmanship. That alone is something to be thankful for and to praise God for, okay? It also means, it also means to praise God sacrificially. What does sacrificially mean, praising God sacrificially? Praising God sacrificially means praising God when you don't feel like praising God. Praising God when things are not going so well or so right. When you are, I mean, I've known some people, I've known some Christians, I mean, you know, oh, sister so-and-so, I haven't seen you in a while, you know, you've been out a few Sundays and so forth, you've been all right, is everything okay and so forth like that, I've been praying for you, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Things have been going so so bad, Pastor, that, that I just wake up in the morning and I just stay in bed on Sundays. I don't even feel like getting up. I just stay in bed, you know. I get something to eat and I go right back to bed. Okay, Sister, the best place to be when you're feeling like that is, first of all, in church. The first place to be when you're feeling like that is for you to go to church. If you can't go physically, go to the church online, grab a ministry, you know, listen to a, listen to some, a sermon, you know, a sermon video or, or audio or whatever. But most importantly, praise God. You can praise God while you're lying in bed. And I guarantee you, you praise God when you're lying in bed, all of a sudden you will get the energy. Okay, because you start feeling so good. I don't know how to describe it to you, but when you are praising God, you start feeling so good in your physical body as well as your spirit that you just want to get up and go. Okay, so praising God sacrificially is even when things are not going so well in your life and you just, oh man, the last thing, you know, that's the time where you have to have to discipline yourself and let your spirit guide you because your spirit, you're a born again child of God, your spirit is connected with Holy Spirit. Let your spirit just get up there and let Holy Spirit bring you the rest of the way and you just go on and you praise God, praising him sacrificially. 
And you'll notice that things will change for you. You will feel it where you are. Okay? Now, this is not some theoretical discussion that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about experiential discussion. I'm talking about experientially because I've been there. I go there continually. Okay? I go there continually. And I just don't wait for things to be going bad in my life to praise God. Amen? But I praise God all the time. And you can praise God without getting, you know, running into your praise. You can praise God while you're doing the dishes. You can praise God while you're taking a shower. The whole thing is, 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 is the attitude of your heart. The attitude of your heart. How thankful you are for all that God has done. Okay? All right? This is not rocket science. Okay? It's a matter of dealing with, 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 with our, our heart. Okay? All right? It's easy to praise God again when things are going well. It can be more of a challenge to praise God when things are not going so well. This is the time you push forward and you praise Him. Okay? Okay? When God has blessed us, when God has helped us and protected us, we feel thankful toward God. Okay? We can sing, worship, and talk about God because we, we, we can see what He's done. You know? And again, I encourage you to, to stop and think back to some of the good things that God has done in your life. Okay? That kind of praise, you know, you know, when we're praising God, although it's worthwhile, it doesn't cost us anything. It's not a sacrifice at that time. But when you're praising God for the good stuff and everything, it's not a sacrifice, but, but it, it's a good thing for us to do that. All right? Okay? When things don't go well, God seems to be very far away at times. And praise is the last thing to bubble up from our hearts. We can't see his goodness and, and, and the negative circumstances that are going on around it make it seem almost impossible, make it almost seem that God has forgotten us. See? And that's, again, that's the devil. That's the devil lying to you. See? You did so and so and so and so. You see what happened? God doesn't love you. God's forgotten about you. He's just going to leave you here to fend, make up things and fend your way for yourself to get out of this mess yourself. He doesn't love you anymore. Uh -uh. You tripped and stumbled and you sinned. Okay, This is the time that we need to rebuke him in the name of Jesus and start praising him. Again, evil cannot be where praise is. Okay? Okay? You praise him during those times of personal sacrifice. It takes an act of will to praise God and to understand what's going on. It takes an act of will. You just have to make up your mind and just say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise God. Okay? Even though life is not going to be always as we think it should, God is still God, and God is still good, and he can be trusted. He can be trusted. With all this stuff that's going on around us, God is good, and he will bring us through. Okay? All right? All right? Now, don't worry about political outcomes. God will still be God. Remember that. Okay? We may go through the election process in this country, but God does not get elected. God is God. Okay? So this is what we focus on. Not the outcome of any, of any election. Amen? We do our part as God would say that he wants us to be involved in the things of man because God wants us there um, as his emissary, if you will, to help him bring about change. If you're not physically actively involved in a committee or something in your community, you can still, you can still bring about change and affect change by prayer. Okay? The fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So we can all pray. We can all praise. We can all worship him. Amen. Amen. Praise of his people. Amen. Let's go to Psalm, uh, Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Praise the living God. 
Psalm 22. Praise God all the time, all the time, even when we aren't feeling so hot. Praise God, praise God. Psalm 22, and we want to go to verse number 1. Psalm 22, verse number 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime. I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, I am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Underline that, please. Thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou did deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. Okay? Alrighty? So again, verse number three. Thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. Okay? You heard me say that before, that God inhabits the praise of his people. Not my word, but near in the Bible. Okay, so 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 when when you when you you know when you need to be delivered, as it says here, you know I needed to, they needed to be delivered, but they trusted in God and they were not confounded, but they praised Him, because God inhabits the praises of His people. Inhabits again means to live. Remember, okay, dwelling, inhabit, abiding means to live. So if God is inhabiting the praises of his people, that means that when you start praising God, when you start raising your hands and you start praising God, God is inhabiting, God is living in, God is there in that praise. Okay, This is why when you are in deep praise like that, this is why you have that peace that comes about you that I was telling you about. Okay, Because when you start praising God, he's there. He's there. Okay. He, he's there when you, you, you raise your arms and you just praise him and sing to him. And don't worry about how you sound. Don't worry about your voice. The word of God says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, you just sing to God. Praise him if you don't want to sing, but just praise him in words. But let your heart do the praising. That's the important thing. And then God will be there to inhabit that praise. And that's when you feel the warmth of God's arms around you. They will caress you and hold you. This is when you will feel the presence of God lift that weight off of your shoulder because God is on the case. Okay. You know, it's almost like, and I'm not putting this lightly, but it's almost like you start praising God and God is, uh oh, I'm being called. Here I am. Here I am. And God is on the scene. He's on the case to embrace you and let you know that you are his son, you are his daughter, and that he loves you. Right? You will feel that. Get into that habit of praising God and let him inhabit those praises. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Praise the living God. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. And we're going to start with uh, verse number one. Okay. And I'm going to jump around a bit, but there's a couple of critical things that I just want you to see here. Verse number one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Thank God he's a merciful God and endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. God's redeemed you from the enemy and gathered them out of the, out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. 
Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Then they cried unto the Lord, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Okay. Oh, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. All right. Praising God for his goodness. Remember that, you know. And this particular psalm, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but what I'm going to do is to go to a few verses here, and you'll see again where it are, um, where it, it talks about that, that repeatedly. Uh, verse number 13. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke the bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works for the children of men. There it is again. Oh, 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 that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. All right. If you go on to uh, uh, verse number 19, go on to verse number 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for, for his wonderful works to the children of men. See, this particular time they were, they were crying out to God for, uh, for healing. All right. You see, so again, praising God, praising God. He inhabits the praises of his people. Okay. We'll just look at, look at uh, one more here. Go to uh, verse number 28. Uh, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. You got a storm going on in your life. God can bring a calm to that storm. Let those waves be still. The Lord knows when we've got really a tumultuous situation going on in our lives and it's just, it seems like the bottom is just dropping out. There's a storm in your life. There's a storm. God can bring calm to that storm. Okay? And the waves will be still. Verse number 30. Um, then are they glad because they be quiet. So he brings them into their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. There it is again. Praise the Lord for his goodness. See, so it's not hard to do. Just simply praise God for his goodness. Praise him for his goodness. You know, you know, I mean, there are so many times that we, we just forget to do that. We forget to do all of the wonderful things that God did for us. Okay. All right. A couple of more scriptures here. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. First book of Peter. Praise the living God. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to start with verse number 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him. Underline that, please. That you should show forth the praises of him. Okay. And why is that? It was the same in the beginning. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The fact that God called you out of darkness into his marvelous life should be enough for you to praise him for right there. You know, at face value, that's enough. The fact that God brought you out of the life that you used to live, the, the fact that God just brought you out of all of that turmoil and whatever it is that you went through, you know, in your life before Jesus Christ, God brought you out of that. 
into his marvelous light. That alone is something to praise God for. Okay. And then we see in verse number 10, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Okay. You have mercy. God has given you mercy. God is a merciful God. That again is something else to praise him for. That is such a wonderful thing in itself when you stop and think about it. And, and even though you're born again, we all tend to slip and stumble from time to time in our Christian walk. But because of the fact that God loves us so much and he's a merciful for God, he, he forgives us and he picks us up. He does not stare upon, look upon that sin. That alone is something that you should be thankful for and praising God for. During this Thanksgiving season, beside the turkey on your table, think about these things that you should be thankful to God for. All right? He brought you into his wonderful light. He has, he's given you mercy on your soul. He's given you mercy. All right? And the last scriptures here before we close, let's go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Praise the living God. The book of Acts. And we want to do uh, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, praise God, praise God, Acts chapter 16, and we're going to, uh, we're going to start with verse number 22, but the backstory here is that uh, um, they were in, they were in, in, uh, in the land here, and they saw this woman who was doing all this demonic worship here, and things like that, and because of the fact that, that they stopped her, they cast the devil out of her, and so forth, the the, the, the folks there, her masters saw that uh, um, they were making money on her, the stuff that she was doing. And now that this, they've cast this devil out, they got very upset, uh, upset with uh, uh, si Peter and Silas, Cyrus, Silas here, and they uh, arrested them and threw them into prison. I'm sorry, Paul, okay, and threw them into prison. So we just start off here at verse number 22, okay, um, 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging that the jailer to keep them safely, okay? Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks, okay? So he was told to keep them in there, okay? So he said, I'm going to put them in the inner prison and make sure that they stay in one place, okay? And then, then put their feet in chains and stocks. 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Okay, so underline that, please. At midnight, what did they start? Now, here they are in jail, okay, locked up, chained in stocks, okay, and they started praising. It says that they, they, they started, uh, they prayed and they sang praises. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. All right. So they started praising and singing to God. It says all of a sudden there was like this earthquake and it was a shaking and so forth. And the, and the foundations were, were, were shaken and the bars, the gates went open. Verse 27. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had, had fled. So now he was worried about what was going to happen. And he said, oh boy, I blew it big time now. The prisoners have fled, so let me just kill myself. All right. But Paul, verse 28, but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, for we are here. All right? So Paul stopped. He said, ah, don't, don't kill yourself. We, we are right here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. 
okay, and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He wanted to know all of a sudden, now, what can I do? What do I have to do to be saved? Okay, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, there's the answer. You want to be saved, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said last week, there is no other alternative. There's no other action. There's no one else that can save you. No one, earth, no one else on this earth, past or present or future, no one else, there's no one but Jesus Christ that can save you, okay? If you believe, okay? All right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. You shall be saved in your house. Verse 32. And they spoke unto him uh, the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them, uh, he took them the same hour of, of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all, all his straight away. Okay. He washed them up, cleaned them up, and then baptized. And they baptized him. And when he had brought down, uh, brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Okay? Believing in God with all his house. Okay? So you see, so because of this, I mean, this praise and worship also uh, uh, um, expanded to, if you will, not only setting uh, Paul and Silas free, but also wound up impacting someone else. It impacted this jailer. Brought him to Jesus. He and his household brought to Jesus. Okay? So the point I'm making here in closing is, is, that, is that the power of praise, the power of praise, can only not only benefit you directly, set you free, set you free from all of the dominion of darkness and worry and sickness that may be going on in your life. Not only can it set you free, this praise, but it can also impact others and your household. Maybe one of the best things for your household that you could do is to start praising and worshiping God. Amen? 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 The power of praise is an awesome, awesome power. It's an awesome power. So in this Thanksgiving season, during this Thanksgiving season, when you're gathering together and, and, and you're eating and you're about to eat, remember, I should say before you even start eating, to, to praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay? Thank Him truly, not only for the turkey and the other fixings on the table, but thank God for the fact that you're together and that you're free in Christ Jesus. Thank God for knowing that God is still in charge. Thank God for Holy Spirit giving you the peace. Thank God for all that he is. Amen. Thank him. Not only thank God this Thanksgiving season, but even after you hear this message, get alone and spend some time with God and praise him and worship him and thank him. This may be the best thing you could do for yourself and for your household. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and magnify the most glorious name. We thank you for this time with you, Lord. I pray that these words, O oh Lord God, have been deeply, deeply planted in the spirits of the hearers of this message, O oh Lord God, so that those words cannot be stolen away by the evil one, Lord. I pray, O oh Lord God, that your ministering hosts of angels will encamp round about us all to keep us safe from harm, seen and unseen, O oh Lord God. We glorify you, we magnify you, and we worship you, and we praise you in the master's name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen.